We are telling on ourselves to better ourselves. We do not represent or are we affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous. We're simply here to share our experience, strength, and hope to get us through another day. And through that, hopefully, we might be able to help someone else. Hi, I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. I'm Bree. And we are telling on ourselves. I'm glad everybody is here today. So we're trying out this new little system so we can be a little more organized about our intros and sound more professional. And we're getting the opposite effect right now. <laughs> so bear with us. <laughs> Can't wait till you hear our bloopers. <laughs> you know what? That is a great idea. We need to save all these because I'm just going to delete, delete, delete. What? It's like no one wants to hear that ever again. We need to save a so file. So <laughs> our topic today is acceptance. And I'm talking in a voice that's not negative. Nasally or Chicago, but sounds really presentational and horrible. Um, no, we're talking about acceptance today. And as always, we're going to start off with our first thought wrong segment. So I win, I win, I Vicky win the, the first talk. thought Vicky wrong. Wins. And what, what happened to me, so there's this amazing doctor that runs the program at the hospital that we um, go to a lot of AA meetings at. And he um, did this speech or this lecture when I was about 12 days sober, maybe, I don't know how long, but um, it was for family night. And it, what it did for me was it opened up the moon, the sun, and the stars as to um, being an alcoholic, being a disease, and really um, scientifically putting it into perspective for me. So we decided we were taking a field trip on Thursday and going to see this lecture again. And, um, of course, my brain started to get all wonky, and I was realizing in how many meetings I shared this wonderful information that Dr. Tease gave me about how the middle of the brain is where our pleasure center is, and when that goes off, then the, you know, all, all this really cool stuff that helped me um, understand and accept my alcoholism. But of course, fear kicked in, and I was going there with a bunch of my friends that have been to many, many meetings with me, and I was all worried, this is my first thought wrong, that they would all judge me and that I've ruined everybody's life because I gave the wrong information. <laughs> that is where my head went. So then I talked myself off a ledge and said, you know what, just go in there with an open mind and new discoveries in science could have taken place and there's a lot of different things that have happened. So I went and I was in the meeting, and in the meeting I was very codependent because there was a gentleman that was asking questions and interrupting the lecture. And I had a question, though, because I wanted to make sure that one point of basically my, my big take the first time was that when the pleasure centers are um, engaged, the willpower part of your brain, your executive, your executive functioning shuts off. That's what I remember. And that was the big, biggest gift I got from the first time. So in this speech, he didn't focus on that. He did focus on the pleasure center. Um, and I tried asking a question. So I, so I asked the question and what I said was, so when the pleasure center 
um, goes off in the brain, does the willpower stop working? And he didn't understand my question, I guess, or I didn't word it correctly, but um, we got into this really interesting philosophical conversation about where willpower came from and how far back that goes in human history, which was a very interesting answer. Therefore, I still didn't get my question answered. But first thought right was I had acceptance that it's okay if I heard it wrong the first time or I heard it differently the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was in a fog. And that gift of the disease, just knowing that it's a disease, was definitely validated. And for all people that want to know, cannabis is more addictive than alcohol, just saying. So... Mm First thought right is I was in acceptance of myself around the bend, roundabout kind of way, and I still got a ton out of his lecture. Awesome. You know, um, with with us and acceptance, it really is, I was talking about that this morning, it's not about always doing the right thing because we're not going to do the right thing because we're human. It's recognizing those behaviors that I have a little more quickly. And that, Vicki, that's huge that, you know, you, you were frustrated or you were self-conscious or whatever, and you overcame it fairly quickly and said, that's okay. The world didn't end. I got some great information that was very interesting, and I can circle back to this and re, you know, re-engage him and find out exactly what I wanted um, to get from that, that I was not either uh, confident enough or whatever when you were in the actual lecture to um, follow up with your question. Yes, it was quite funny because when the guy was asking all those questions, <laughs> you were annoyed and I was like feeling bad for him and I wanted to make it better and I overcompensated by being a very diligent student and ugh. Yeah. My favorite part was when he came and sat down right in the middle, <laughs> right in the front of Sue and someone else and they had to like look, we're trying to like look over okay. his head and then he would move his head and so they'd have to like readjust the way they were sitting and then he'd move again. Like he could not sit still. But he was so. very intelligent. Like he yes. really oh, had yes. did, he, done his homework. Well, yeah. he's trying to figure out that piece in the big book where they've already figured out, you know, self-knowledge had failed us. He's still looking for that self-knowledge. Yes. Like the more I know, the more I can cure myself. Like he, he's you can trying tell he really wants hard. a cure. He's, he doesn't want to have to like live with the obsession or live with any cravings or compulsions or, um, I don't know if he, he wants to be able to like use like socially. I, I mean, I couldn't gauge that from him, but you can definitely tell he, he wants the knowledge. He wants to have some sort of cure or something. And me too. Oh yeah. Well, it's everyone, right? I guess that's fair my, to say. I just, it, this, I just have my neon sign <laughs> while Giddy you guys up. were talking. This guy impacted all of us so strongly during the meeting. We all took away different things from it. What I took away from it was I've got to learn patience when I'm in environments that are not what I consider conducive to what my expectations are. Yeah. And I've, I've expressed this a couple of times when I'm in meetings and people are disruptive, I get really annoyed. And then it takes away all the good that I'm getting from the meeting. And that's what I was giving into that the other day because he wasn't behaving the way I expected him to. And I got so annoyed with that. Well, and it's funny you say that because as we were setting our topic for today, I just wrote down because I was thinking about acceptance. And I was thinking, you know, in the acceptance that we read, 
in the meetings or that's in the big book, you know, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, some situation, mm-hmm. some fact of my life unacceptable. And I was thinking for me, the acceptance people are the hardest to accept. Like out of the mm-hmm. people, places, things, situations, facts, like, I mean, I feel like I can turn over some situations pretty well, you know, some places pretty well, but people for me. So I'm with you on that, yeah. Lynn. Like, yeah. You know, what does um, Lisa always say? You know, my monkeys aren't behaving in my circus or something. Like, all my monkeys are destroying my circus or something. What yeah. is that? No? Okay. I only know it's I not can't my monkey, it. not my circus. Right, right. That's the only one I know. But I know, I've heard her say it, and I can't yeah. think of it. However, I will say that um, that that you get a bunch of alcoholics or people that are family members of alcoholics <laughs> or addicts in a room together and there were, I mean, I was observing so much uh-huh. other than this gentleman in that room. And it was so cool, mm-hmm. like the dynamics. And you could see where people were at. And you could see discovery. And and I give Dr. Tease so many props because oh, yeah. he was, he, he handled it like oh, a he champ. Totally did. I mean, you could tell he's worked with a bunch of us before. And <laughs> like probably, his entire history. Yeah, career. probably his whole family. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, who knows? But um, he really handled that very well, and he was very graceful with that. And and I saw something happen. Um, it, it looks like the you know the people that are in IOP usually go together because I remember that's how I was. And one of the one of the other um, people that were probably in this gentleman we're talking about's class came over and said, "You can ask questions at the end." And then the guy kept asking questions Mm -hmm. and then he said to his friend he looked at him during part of it and he said I won't remember so I have to ask right now I'm sorry and I can so relate to that because that's why I bring a pen and paper now in Uh recovery with me wherever I go because I forget and I won't remember that thought but if I have that that little place that I can yep. put that down I'll remember so that's really cool. interesting I didn't see that that whole exchange I saw them talking but I couldn't hear anything but at first he was on his phone I'm like seriously he's asking these questions and then texting he wasn't texting he was writing notes which I figured out and what better advocate for yourself uh-huh. than yourself you know can you really fault someone for showing no. up and asking the questions like yeah. he's there to discover to, yeah. and he, what yeah. is this that I'm dealing with? What am I up against? And if, what are the facts about right. my situation that can help me? Apparently, he was also there to teach us all a lesson. Yeah. He taught me lots of lessons. He did me too. Yeah. Bless his heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's so hard. I do, like, Dr. Tease was amazing because to describe addiction in an hour, and I mean, when I, and I saw his lecture, um, eight years ago as well, in 2011, when I first went to family night there, and, I mean, it was just such a different ball game. Like, I don't remember him talking that much about heroin. I don't remember, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these other things that have kind of, like, cropped up into the scene now within the last decade that are way more prevalent and almost, you know, I mean, it's a catastrophe, right? Like, the heroin epidemic. And so, like, that was interesting, too, to watch him talk. Not Like, he has to share the hour of the time he has, mm-hmm. not just talking about alcohol, but also talking about, like, all like seven other different drugs that are plaguing our nation, right. you know. 
I mean, yeah. I guess it's always kind of been a thing, but... Oh, it's it's more so a thing now, and it is because of the opioid. It, both, it started with meth, and then when meth got more difficult to make, and, you know, then the, the whole trade of the opioid epidemic, when you have these... Um, I know in Eastern Kentucky, anyway, you have these groups of people, and doctors and, um, you know... Um, criminals will get together really, really poor people and they'll say, okay, you go to this place. They send them out and they'll put them on a bus and send them out to like three states away to pain clinics to get their prescriptions. And that's what they do. And they'll do this with like 50 people. They'll get them. Yeah. And these people are so poor. They're in these really depressed areas of Appalachia. They don't have any other way to make money. Hmm. So yeah, that's what they do. They do that with um, migrants. It's crazy. I mean, how insidious. I mean, any kind of drug thing is insidious, well, but this is, it's really gotten crazy. And, and we're going off on this know, tangent, sorry. but I love it and mm-hmm. I want to I, I okay. stay here. But there was something that hit me so hard in his uh, lecture, and it was about the, the opioid crisis mm-hmm. and about the prescription of, of painkillers. And he said the doctors started writing prescriptions for the consumer instead of for the health of the person. And I I think it's gotten so big that it's out of their hands, and I don't know nearly enough about Mm -hmm. it other than it's a very big problem, but, like, it's become about the consumer instead of about the patient. Yep. And, yeah, it's just easier. And you want to talk about acceptance, you know, not accepting a person, place, or thing. The doctor's unfortunately have accepted where they are with this situation and they are they're they're choosing the path of least resistance and here we are you know and we, and we do have now we have this heroin crisis because it's gotten cheaper again and it's you know they're, they're they'll funnel it to wherever they can make money i mean that's just that's how economy works it's all about supply and demand and we are at supply and demand and my god i can't tell you how grateful i am that i am just an alcoholic and how grateful I am that I have a program mm-hmm. that can teach me about these things, that uh, that there's a platform for us to learn and educate others. And, you know, I mean, this could be a topic that we have a, a spinoff about one day, totally yeah. interview someone about this, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, you know, I listened to that Dak Shepard and... Um, I don't know if you ever got a chance to listen to it, but it's um, Dax with Dr. Drew. And Dr. Drew feels very strongly Mm -hmm. about this issue. And I think the more of us, what's so cool about our society and our environment today with social media Mm -hmm. is that people can get the word out so quick. and, and, And I don't know, I just... I, I I honor this, and as an addict, I know that it could be me one day, and um, I just have to keep taking care of my recovery. Right. Thank you, girls. Right, and as much as, like, pharmaceuticals are a billion-dollar industry, so do, so is the recovery industry, you know? Like, there's part of the recovery industry that doesn't necessarily, like... The charlatans. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they probably... I mean, you know, rehabilitation centers, I mean, they're for profit institutions too, mm-hmm. a lot of them. So, I mean, it is just a really, you know, yeah. who's, who's getting paid is... Right. Before uh, we started, this might be getting off even more off topic, but I'll just, I'll quickly just go say down it. the rabbit hole. I'll quickly say it. I had watched a video. There's another person doing research in the same field, and he's pretty much, he is a, recover, a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. And he first clarified, he said, if you're a drug addict, you're an alcoholic, period, the end. 
It's just you are. So don't say that you, you don't drink anymore, but you can smoke pot sometimes. Or don't say that, you know, I can't smoke pot, but I can have drinks because that's not my problem. That's not my drug of choice. And we will um, put in the notes of this episode that person who that's, opi- that's yeah. their opinion. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of people in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous right. that would be in big trouble if we kicked them out uh-huh. because I was one of them, right? Like right. I smoked weed for four like it was your job before, like it was my job before i i understood yeah. that 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 was an issue so right. so i just have to be very careful thank you thank you for that um i forgot where my point was oh about with, he's studying the same thing oh he's studying the same thing but uh basically his whole uh point is that there is no cure for this disease the only thing that has been found to be successful is the program of AA. And there's a lot of different components that go into that. And this is, you know, coming again from a person that's dedicated their life to studying the science. And he said, um, AA provides the tools and the component of spirituality is irreplaceable in helping people to live with a disease that is uncurable. Well, I don't think that's off topic at all because that is yeah. literally the acceptance is like <laughs> yeah. coming into the okay, room. There's a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with alcohol. My life has become unmanageable. Like step mm-hmm. one is, you know, and then it's your sponsor's job mm-hmm. to kind of walk you through the doctor's opinion and talk to you about the allergy, the physical manifestation of the craving. Um, and and then you now that you're armed with the facts about alcoholism then you can decide if you're in acceptance if you're in acceptance of that right or if you need more as the big book likes to say if you want to do some more, more experimentation <laughs> or some research step uh-huh. over to the nearest bar um and then when that research is over maybe we'll see you again I don't yeah know. hopefully you won't die yeah i mean that's the sad truth mm-hmm. um i will say i was it was really weird you know how you get in your car and all of a sudden something starts playing like from your ipod yes. or like it, it automatically goes to Bluetooth. and it blows your eardrums off oh no that's just my car okay yeah. <laughs> My volume is usually like 40. She jams. <laughs> I um, so, so I had the experience <laughs> of um, talking about step two at a meeting the other day, yesterday. And um, what kept coming on to my radio was We Agnostics. The only chapter of um, Joe, because I have Joe and Charlie tapes on my phone. And it just kept going on. Now let's look at chapter four. And, and it was so funny because that was the hardest chapter for me to read when I first got sober. But the hilarious, or not hilarious, this is not hilarious, this is cool. What Joe and Charlie talk about, they said, any other disease, any other terminal disease you it's very difficult to come back from but what's so cool about either alcoholics mm-hmm. anonymous or or this program or the disease of alcoholism is that we can come back and better mm-hmm. better than we were and and I'm living proof of that and and so are all you and it's just that's why we say we're grateful alcoholics exactly. right and i i i try to every day with my daily gratitude be grateful that I have been given the life that I've been given and I've had all of the pain and the learning um, to, to get me to where I am right now. There is so much more gratitude when you have acceptance. Yes. Acceptance was so hard for me. And initially um, accepting that you're an alcoholic. 
um, and you surrendered that. Accepting that I was an alcoholic was impossible. And what I didn't realize was that I was never going to have that obsession lifted until I accepted what I was, and I didn't want to give in. I was so terrified. And, it, you know, it's that fear of the unknown, and until I finally let go and said, I have nowhere else to turn, it was the gift of desperation, then I was able to accept this new path that my life was being led down, and I cannot tell you how grateful I am every single minute of my life that I was given that gift of desperation. Well, and for me, I'm glad you said that, Lynn, because I feel like I have to do more acceptance now in my sobriety than Mm -hmm. I did in the beginning because I came in off a legal consequence, right? So I had some desperation, but it was more of a oh, poor me, this is a really crappy situation. I have all this legal stuff to go through. I never want to experience, you know, I never want to be in trouble again, so I'm going to jump through all these hoops. And there was so much pain there that it kept me coming back and kept me sober for a while. And my acceptance was like, oh, yes, I'm an alcoholic. But now that, like, all of the legal consequences are in behind me, my brain only seems to want to fantasize and sometimes think about all the fun that I was having out there. So it's almost like I need a new level of acceptance oh, yeah. now, now that time has passed. It's cutting, baffling, powerful. It is. And patient. I always add patient. That's my little addendum because it is so patient. And as hard as that initial acceptance was, I think I have more struggles with my daily acceptance of person, places, or things that I do not feel right or right in my world. Every day I have to, like I said, try to try to learn a little bit faster. You know, see those cues, see see how I'm reacting, and then take a step back. Which is why I continue to go to meetings mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I need to see myself and others. I need to see how I, I need to tell on myself because if I don't, I'm that's when I'm in trouble, right? But it, I'm glad you said that too, Vicky, because the mirror unto yourself, I. The, I was in a meeting today, and um, I, I saw. Now that you're saying that, I'm seeing myself in that person. That person said something, and I could totally relate. They were talking about taking someone's inventory at work, mm-hmm. at their place of work, and that's the that's the biggest problem they have is taking others' inventory, which is unacceptance of someone else. And instead of looking at those people and saying, "What is the lesson here? What is my higher power trying to teach me?" Um, what is this showing me about myself? We're just like, so like that guy in the, the lecture was so frustrated. Like the little thing, they, it just irks us, you know, it's not until later that we can really process it sometimes or at all. You know, if you don't talk to someone about it at a meeting or if we don't, we are not doing this, you know, constructive process here, I probably wouldn't even reflect on it to, to find those That is such a great point. And right now I'm thinking this needs to be my gratitude to thank my higher power for putting that person in that meeting the other evening to test me and to once again put in my face, you know what, you just need to take care of what's inside your hula hoop. And not take, not worry about this other person. This other person's got their own battles, their own things, and that is none of your business. My business is me and how I deal with the world and how I try to be the best person that I can be, help another suffering alcoholic or help another person that just needs a, a comforting hand. That's, that's really what I want in life. And I have something to say, ladies. Mm-hmm, yes. I have been falling asleep very early, so I've been missing the gratitude <laughs> train, and it hasn't been on purpose. And then I get it in the morning, and I'm like, ugh, should I do it in the morning? Because they're both probably still Maybe sleeping because I'm an early bird, but I I mean, would it be okay if I text you early? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Glad we were able to process <laughs> that. <laughs> it has been great, and I'll say this again, how much it has changed my end-of-the-day reflections, um, having this accountability to do our little gratitude list. It, it really makes me stop. Even if it's just for five minutes, I stop and think about my day and go, what, what, do I, what made me a happier person today or what made me a better person? Yeah, and honestly, Vicki, if you text us in the morning, it wouldn't be the most awful thing to wake up and remember gratitude first thing in the morning, when, you know? know? So if maybe that's just you know, my thing. Our, our, yeah, if you, our yeah thing. if you've got an 8, 8 p.m. mushy-mush brain, by all means, wait till 5 a.m. the next day or 6. And when she, when she says 8 p.m., she really means uh, 9.30 p.m. Cause <laughs> 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 I'm Rina not that early. Either. Yeah, we're, the, we're yeah. the night owls, Lynn and I. Yeah. Um, and Vicky's the early worm, or the early bird, and we're the night owls. Yeah, yeah. she always gets the worm, and then we get the rats that are running around the forest because we're the night owl. Gosh, it takes so much. There's so much to be done before you get into bed, though. You know, just one more episode That's of this, it. or oh, and just you know, and then the final winding up. But uh, back to our acceptance um, topic today. It's real interesting today in our, uh, we go to a meeting before we come over here to tape our podcast, which I love because it always gives me lots of um, things to kind of reflect on. And we had several new newcomers today. And I was talking. A talk- new newcomer? A new newcomer. A new newcomer? Like first first meeting newcomer, like brand oh, spanking yeah. a shiny penny newcomer. First meeting ever in life. Yeah, first meeting ever in life. And during our little breakout group, one of the ladies that was in my group, she's, you know, I think she's at six months, six or eight months. And we were talking about gratitude and um, accepting where we are and how we're going to proceed with this new uh, path in our life. And I said, you know, seeing these newcomers, I think about you six months ago and what an honor it has been for me to watch you come to acceptance, come to grow. And look, and I just kept going, look at you now. I mean, you're not even the same person. And so every time you see a new person come into the rooms, for me, it's it's like I see this bright, shiny um beacon of hope Uh, you know this whole business about acceptance I think is like the crux of emotional sobriety for me Uh um and I always I, I find it very interesting I saw this sign and I think I've talked about this in another podcast but you know uh someone once it said something to the effect of Vicky's version um, two plus two equals four, but so does three plus one, mm-hmm. right? And we're all a bunch of humans that have our own way of doing things. We have our own way of thinking what we do is right, unless you're really codependent and you won't even make a choice until someone makes it for you, and that's a whole nother ball game. But to be an acceptance of the fact that I can do it one way and you can do it another way is so difficult but so much better for our emotional sobriety mm-hmm. and for like th- that peace of mind and that serenity we all want and we get from this program and I'm trying to find the acceptance thing that you read earlier in the big book right now you oh, guys can I think it's page 417 We've got our big book um, geeks here yeah, the, the, the whole piece that Vicky was talking about, emotional sobriety, or, yeah, emotional sobriety and acceptance, uh, when I was talking about when I first came in the program and I had such a hard time surrendering and accepting what I am, the, the path and the, the journey that I now have 
is a daily challenge that can be really difficult because we still dig our heels in and we don't want to change our belief system. I mean, our belief system can be so entrenched for me. It is my belief system is so entrenched in who I am that to accept something that is not acceptable to me and what I'm believing in is just so freaking hard. And I really dig my heels in sometimes. And that is that is a challenge. It's a challenge that I gladly Character accept. Defect. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the, the cool thing about AA is there's names for all mm-hmm. of these things, right? And and we 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 go in and out of them. Yeah. Um and you know, in this thing, so the whole acceptance prayer is on page 417, but underneath it, there's a part that I want to read because I just love it and it says AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God, which is kind of funny that I just read that after my speech yesterday. (laughs) Well, and I thought that was really great about talking... um talking about the second step yesterday um, was when one of the women said, you know, I have my own higher power. Everyone else has their own higher power. So we don't always have to worry about what everyone else is always doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're taken care of. But, you know, they're, they've got their own higher power that looks out for them and whatever. So, um I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting, too. Well, there's so many ways acceptance can help you. And I think I find, like, hundreds of ways a day not to be in acceptance. Or, rather, yes. I get a yes. hundred chances a day to practice acceptance. Okay, uh-huh. right. You get to God, practice that's such it. A good, that is a really good point. Well, the first reaction, and it is, I, and we're probably just wired that way, is that... I can fix this, right? Like, and I think everyone does that. Like, mm-hmm. how can I make this better? What can I do? And we're, that's the fir- first thought wrong is like, I'm going to take care of this problem. Which also self-reliance mm-hmm. failed us miserably, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we're kind of in the, you know, in the addiction and in, in the ism that we are. And so that acceptance, once we take a moment, there will be so much pain eventually that you have no choice but to turn it over into acceptance, pray, give it to your higher power, mm-hmm. and then wait for the answer. might not be something you like. Um, and then I was just thinking, you know, um, there is a little bit of euphoria and serenity that comes when you get to that acceptance. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about the way, in, okay, so in the lecture, for you guys listening... Dr. T's, yeah, he was talking about, you know, dopamine release release in the brain when you smoke a cigarette. And that was powerful for me because I have just stopped smoking, like, on and off, you know, and I've been doing pretty good for the last couple months. So he was saying, oh, the dopamine, it's like a small amount of dopamine, but it lasts the 25 seconds, then you can take another puff of your cigarette, and even though you don't physically feel it consciously, your brain is really feeling like that good feeling of dopamine. And it gives you that relaxing sensation. Like, that's why people smoke is because those little bits of it. And then so you smoke a whole pack a day. That's like a lot of <laughs> dopamine in a day. You know, that's why people, and it's legal, right? So, and then I was just thinking, like, that same, there is a certain, like, peace that I get when I'm all worked up about a problem. I actually take some time to quiet my mind, pray about it, and then come to the realization that there is nothing that I need to do right now. 
or there's maybe nothing that I can do more at this moment and that I just need to sit and wait for an answer to come. And that to me is like, don't like, that's better than a cigarette, you know? So like, like that is my new high now is that feeling of peace and serenity. Right. So, so that's, what's so cool about the program for me is that I found a way to get better and, and not only a new high, but it's a new sustained way of feeling about things that isn't so heavy, right? Yes, like and negative. Ev- right. Everything was grinding and everything mm-hmm. was so like gross or irritating. It was, unless I was high or drunk, I was continuously annoyed. You are a bare nerve. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Wow. That's, I just... It, I love how we we have like these little these little revelations while we're talking and while she was talking I could see I could see like my little bare nerve because it was so sensitive my God every little thing open wound open wound it was like annoying to live it was like <laughs> such a such a chore yeah. to just like be alive right and now it's just so much different but it took a lot of work to oh, it make does. it different and oh, it's I'm still working. like I'm telling you like. It was, at the beginning, if you're a newcomer out there, it is not easy, mm-hmm. and it's and it doesn't feel like you don't get this high right off the bat. Well, and it's a habit, just like anything else. Like before the, which is kind of going back to what you were talking about with Dr. T's. Like I wanted to kind of clarify what I my interpretation of that was. Like the frontal cortex of the brain is where the habit formation is, right? That's where you build mm-hmm. habits. So, like, yeah, when you have, you know, something that's um, in, in igniting your primal you know pleasure center or whatever Mm -hmm. it is going to create a new habit that basically does turn off your willpower to do anything except to you know get that that good euphoric feeling um and just like acceptance is also a habit and I go to meetings to be reminded that like it is a muscle I must continuously flex in order to make it stronger um and that was what some women said in a meeting today, which I, I thought was great, and it was in the reading that we did today, is that it is a practice. Just like yoga is a practice, just like you practice the piano. Like, it, it is work, but it's also like when you just show up to a meeting or when you just show up, you're, you're going to get reminded. Well, the simple um, analogy of working out which Lynn is going through right now, and I can't I'm wait to hear the update. Sh- shifting around. <laughs> but, like, yep, season up, gotta walk. But it is, it is truly building muscle, it's, and it's muscle memory, right? And it's, it's changing those, like, whatever, neuron path, neuro pathways or blah, yes. blah, blah. Um, but it's a muscle that we're working on, and when we go to the gym enough we can see the results of that muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why alcoholism and, and, and the mental illness is so hard to wrap your... Uh, you don't have evidence of it, it's right? It's intangible. Because it's inside yeah. the brain, and it, it it's so hard for people that don't experience it to understand. Um, so that's why we, as alcoholics, have, like, a, a chance to, like, learn these things, but we cannot see the results... Physically, you can't see them, you can feel them. It's so cool. Well, yeah, that's that euphoria you feel. But it is, yeah, practice and... Lots of practice. And I will tell on myself right now and and tell you, I am not disciplined about praying every day. I am not disciplined about meditating when I have something bothering me. 
and I am learning to be better by following examples. You know, we are so damn stubborn about, I know the best way. You know, we go right back to that self-reliance and I know what's best. Well, just look around you. You know, when I go to meetings and I see these people that are happy, joyous, and free, why are they happy, joyous, and free, I ask myself. Well, because probably they pray every day. They might journal. You know, they might meditate. They might let things go. And and once I accept that, there's that word again, then I find that I can I can deal with life's problems, my little ups and downs and my trials and tribulations and even the good stuff. It's not just about dealing with bad stuff. It's about dealing with the good stuff too because you can get carried away. And Dax Shepard, I love that man. He said, you know, when you're on a roller coaster and you feel this euphoria, do you does your brain say, oh, this will last forever? No, it doesn't, you know. Um, so learning new tools every day has really become my, that's my survival kit. I mean, and and we need each other to Mm -hmm. get that, which is why I'm vigilant about continuously going to meetings and why I I can't say that every single day I might fall asleep before I pray. Um, I I do have this wonderful app, though, that I can do my 11th step, you know, those questions, Mm -hmm. were we resentful? That is... um, when I started doing that every day, because I didn't in the beginning of my sobriety, and then Pam and I started to do it, um, and, and, and we did it together every night, and it was cool to do it with your sponsor because you can really be honest with your sponsor, and, you know, it was just life-changing, and um, that's why these steps, man, they, they are very simple, but they are super powerful in the growth if you want it. If you want it. If you want it. And, you know, the growth was something that I didn't even know. I'm really zoning out staring at your steps I today. noticed. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like I've, mesmerizing. I've never seen you do that before. <laughs> uh, <but> so, <laughs> sorry. Take the steps, Lynn. <laughs> something is really beckoning me to the top of those steps. Yeah, there was, how many are there? One, two, three, seven. four, five, six. It's seven. Seven's a magic number. Um, but there's probably you know five going down though. Okay. All right, we're gonna. No, now we have to know. <laughs> we have to. Right notice. in the middle of Lynn's big epiphany, <laughs> and we need. There's twelve steps. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. That's why, Lynn. Well, I think that's a that's a game changer. It sure okay. Is. Uh, that's why I moved here. <laughs> My kids think it's haunted. It's blessed. Oh, it's haunted. I felt, I felt that the first time I came in here. Like, but not a bad guy haunted. No, no, it just has some energy. It definitely has energy. I don't even know where I was going, so I'm done. So, well, I think I think we should go to Golden Nugget of yes. the day. I have my Golden Nugget. Okay, what's your Golden Nugget? My Golden Nugget was Vicky when she said the the um, the crux of. Emotional sobriety. Yes, crux of emotional sobriety, acceptance. And I love that. I, that's what I wrote Loved down it, too. loved it, that's loved funny. it. So I guess we yeah. know you got the golden nugget. You got the golden nugget. I had, I had the <laughs> first thought wrong, but I... But <laughs> you I, also had the golden nugget. Yeah, you had the golden nugget. the game with the golden nugget. Um, you know, I have to say, I'm just so like... I goosebumps on my face and my head. Um, I, I'm so like um, honored to be here with you guys and to be like learning this. And this is up to, doing this exercise has upped my program on so many different levels because I'm thinking about it throughout my day, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the idea. Like the fellowship of AA 
brings us to a stronger right. sense of like I don't know beautiful stuff. It is life. beautiful, and you know I'll I'll get all woo woo for a minute and say my higher power definitely had a plan for me to because it was a struggle this year for us to get it together, get our schedules together, and we all persevered, and I really felt. Like this, it wasn't even just committed. I really felt like this really hard pull that I like had to do this. It was no, it was pull. It was something was pulling me. It wasn't just driving. It was me pushing and my me. magical brain. It was your magical brain. And Woo-woo. the hauntings of the home. <laughs> I when needed to the, be in this house. When is the engine? And I'm like the caboose. I feel like I'm like sure. Just tell me what time to show up, and I'll be there. She's such a millennial. I know. <laughs> Wait, do you need to get your phone out and make those notes real quick? No. <laughs> Hey, I, I transitioned to a notebook because she of that did. feedback. Like. She's really cute. She has a notebook, and she has different colored gel pens and two packs of them, and she actually uses them, and it's it's very it's, powerful. It is powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm loving on you. I'm it's not so making fun of you. stinking adorable. I can yeah. hardly stand it right now. We have one episode that we named Sweet Brie. Really? Yep. Oh, what? That's how yes. much we love her. Um, so, I didn't know about this. This is a surprise. We'll it's you. a surprise. Um, thank you guys all. I hope we help one person on this earth today stay happy or get happy or find some peace. Well, I know that we help three people right now, just the yeah. three of us talking. So you all have a great, great day. Peace out. See ya. Ready to join the tribe? Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Telling On Ourselves. And please... Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, but especially iTunes. Thanks so much.